Hey, 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 everybody! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am pumped up to be here right now. So much energy all the time. Cannot wait to share a little bit of it with you one more time down the road. Uh, whoever you are, wherever you may be, whatever you may be creating, whoever you may be high-fiving, wherever you may be fist-pumping, I hope that you have done something creative today because creativity makes the world go round, and art, in fact, does move everywhere, from your little toesies down there on your feet, all the way up your body, through your fingers, through your neck, right back into that super creative mind of yours, Get the colors flowing, get the body of work flowing. Things can get crazy magical if you bring creativity into the picture. And all it takes is just an open mind and a will to want to do it, to want to create it, to want to be who you can be in life. With that being said, I am super pumped to have my guest on today, Dylan Sergiovanni. He is the founder of Bleeper, a pretty sweet app that they've created up there in New York, where you can basically uh, see what your friends are doing and who's close to being around you. It's something that I would totally use. Uh, I've just recently signed up for it. Love it so far. I cannot wait to see the progress if they can get more and more people onto this app. Uh, I think it'll be something that's that's super awesome. I mean, the idea is great, and, and I think that the whole fascination with building something like an app or writing a book or building a website or painting a painting or or anything that you might want to do that's creative, there's a reason that you're doing it and you're bringing something into the world. I mean, you're birthing something into the world, so what could be more exciting than that? I don't know. Maybe Richard Simmons in a tutu? He's pretty close. But today, I am pumped. I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful for everything. The gratitude is high. I'm trying to ground myself after this amazing holiday break and before I start this episode, I just wanted to read out a review I got on iTunes, and, and everybody who out there has left me a review, thank you so much. I mean, it's amazing. You have no idea what it means to me. But this one comes from Zara7. Uh, I love this show. I came across it on a flight home. So pleased I stumbled across it. The interviews really stick with you, and the way Heath keeps the flow is superb. Keep up the good work, man. Zara, thank you for leaving that, and you keep up the heady little good work too. I appreciate you listening. Uh, I'm so I'm so grateful to get that review from you. So let's keep on keeping on. So with that being said, let's move forward into the interview with Dylan. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com forward slash Dylan Sergiovanni or artsynow.com forward slash 69. Woo! Here we go. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that stinkity, stinkity, riggity, diggity beat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, here we go now. Who wants to get a little bit funky out there? Who wants to get a little creative out there, huh? Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy now? Well, I do, I do. Well, then get on with your bad selves, yeah. 
gentlemen, boys and girls, whoever you are, wherever you may be, whatever you may be creating, if you're doing fist pumps, if you're face down, pants down, in the bushes somewhere, if your ears hang low, you better wobble them straight to the front, because my guest today is young, he's energetic, he's an app creator, an entrepreneur and the founder of Bleeper, and he's about to blow your socks off. Awesome app that allows you to connect and chat sort of with friends near you, uh, similar events, and, and, uh, and I'm pumped that I have him on the show. So all the way from New York City, a skidamarinkity-dinkity-dink, a skidamarinkity-doo-hoo, Dylan Sergi... Hold, hold on. Sergio. Dylan Sergiovanni, yoo are the entrepreneur now? What's going on, man? What's up, Heath? Thanks for having me. Yeah, sorry I stubbed that name there, man. I just like went cross-eyed for a second and almost called you Sergio. That's a tough one. Sergio. <laughs> I've heard the nickname Sergio, so it works. <laughs> well, it's a strong, uh, intimidating nickname. So either way, but <laughs> Dylan, man, pump, pump that you're on. Uh, we had a nice pre-chat. You're you're a cool dude. Obviously, you're into a lot of amazing things like snowboarding and you know the beach traveling tech all over the place and it's really fun to have younger people on this show because i do talk to a lot of amazing older people that have lots of great experience and have seen all these uh, amazing projects come to a head that they've worked on uh, and also birthed so many different amazing things and but I, i get really excited when i get to talk to younger people who are kind of in the midst of all of it because it shows most of the listeners that it is completely possible to do these things that we do love. Uh, and we just take it step by step one, one day at a time, one foot forward, man. And so you've got this amazing project you've been working on bleeper, but you've also got a background of some other things, you know, some web design, some marketing and, and this, this amazing program called adopt a school NYC that you worked on in, in kind of late November through early January uh, for that disaster and humanitarian relief. So if you want to start, man, just kind of introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about your background so we can roll from there into Bleeper and, and sort of how you built this thing up. Yeah, sure. So I'm from New York City and more specifically, it's this little town, like the most southern tip of it called Rockaway Beach. And it's like isolated. It's really like community community oriented place, but at the same time, you get the advantage of being so close to Manhattan. Um, you know, after college, I guess I turned down a couple of jobs <laughs> because I realized I didn't want to pursue what I was doing, which was industrial engineering. Um, and from there, my buddy was starting up a company, and it was awesome. So I just helped him out with it. And it kind of got me thinking, you know, I guess more entrepreneurial. And I started rolling with it and doing some things I like. How how incredible, though. You So industrial engineering, right? So this yep. is funny because I, I should have gone to school for, you know, tech, some sort of tech. I was always doing websites. I was on computers. I mean, we grew up with computers, the first generation to do that really, right? And so when I went to school, like I get this fear that, you know, what, what what's going to make more money and what are my parents, you know, what do they want me to do? And they want me to get a job and work every day and, and do all this stuff. So like I ended up going to school for the same thing, you know, that, that's so funny. And so now I work in 
like the concrete industry. I have a day job and I do websites and, and all this stuff on the side, this podcast. And, but I have a day job where I literally work in the concrete industry and I sell chemicals uh, to different, you know, admixtures for concrete production all over the place and design, you know, we get on bridges and things like that. And I'm, I'm really happy that you said that, that you realized that quickly, that that's not what you wanted to do and you shifted gears because that's what I'm doing also. So we're on the same page. Uh, you don't, what, what I'm trying to get at is if, if you're out there and you have a job, I don't care if you're 20, if you're, you know, 30, 40, even if you're 50 years old, it doesn't have to be the end of the road for you. If you get out there, you can create other opportunities and, and just start by literally asking people that you know, you know, like your mom, your dad, who are some people that you know um, that, that could potentially be interesting for me to talk to? So I, I'm pumped that you said that, man, and, and like literally and so proud of you for that, not to sound like a goon or anything, but like I'm jealous that you decided to do that before I did. And I'm, and I'm happy that everybody else out there knows that they can do that for sure. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely lucky because my parents are super cool and, you know, wanted me to do whatever I, whatever I wanted to do. And I guess I was just like looking a little bit into the future. Like I have an older brother, saw what his friends were doing. I was looking around just, and I just realized like I just wanted to do my own thing, I guess. Um, and I also realized it was like a time before I had any real responsibilities or expenses to really worry about. So, you know, I'm just grateful that like, I'm still able to stay at my parents for a little while, you know, I'd like to get out of here soon, <laughs> but, um, you know, overall, like I just, I guess I just jumped into it. My parents were cool with it. Yeah. But how, how old are you now? If you don't mind me asking 24. Yeah. So that's, that's incredible. And like, that's about the age that I ended up, you know, really starting to question everything as well. And I don't know like what really makes it happen other than just, I think that what you said is true. You start looking around at, at maybe your older siblings and their friends and what they're doing. And like, man, I look at my friends, like all my friends from high school and, and even like college. And it's not very interesting. You know what I mean? Like it's not something that I want to be involved with. And you, you start to realize that it, it really does matter who you do surround yourself with and, and, the people that you surround yourself with can have a huge influence on where you go in life. So you've, you've done that. You've, you've, you've kind of shifted gears and you've brought on some team members and created this company bleeper and you guys are making apps. So uh, obviously the guys you're working with, you get along with, well, they're brilliant. You, you know, your app, your site looks awesome. Uh, it's super clean. And so that has to be pretty satisfying to know that that's all gone uh, the way it should. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. My, best buddy from childhood um he's my co-founder and we got lucky enough to meet this group of developers they actually run an ios boot camp in new york city and my friend mikey was taking their class and he was working on the app while he was there and they also said they happened to be developing their own incubator program with their students and with people coming in so it just was like perfect timing. It was like really lucky, I guess. And they liked our idea. So we became their first incubator company. It was pretty unofficial. Now they're just starting to get it going more officially. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but that really is the tough part, you know, finding those developers who are reliable. So, yeah, but yeah. I mean, I also don't think it's really that much. 
I guess you could call it luck if you wanted to, but really he's the one that put himself in the position where he wanted to be taking their boot camp. And if he would have never done that, then that connection probably would have never been made, you know? So yeah, I, I think that you can totally create the opportunities if you look in the right places. Yeah, that's what I believe. I guess when I say luck, it's also just putting yourself in the right place. Yeah, and, and believe. I mean, we we are what we think about, basically. Um, if you think that you can't do it and that you're just going to take a big poop in your pants and fall down and cry every day, then that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> but if you if you think that there's something out there more for you, there is, and it just all starts with taking that that step. So, all right, so Bleeper, man, tell us about Bleeper. Yeah, so it's really just a simple group messaging app that helps you get together with friends quicker. Um, me and Mikey were sitting at a bar in Manhattan, and we were at a different startup, and we knew we wanted to leave. It was wasn't going in the right direction, and we we were just talking and we we're trying to get friends together because, like, in the city, and I'm sure most most major cities, friends are getting out of work, and you know you have a bunch of friends around, you just start texting everybody and it just gets like a big mess and a big headache. So we decided right there to just, you know, make something quicker to actually get together in real life with friends, stop wasting time, you know, just on the internet. I guess. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, and it's something that could, it's something that needs to have been made. I don't know how many times I've tried to use uh, sort of, there's been quite a few of apps that, that really promote something similar to that. But what I like is you guys just shows location who's near you and then you can chat. And then basically if you haven't talked for a while, it just terminates the chat, um, which is nice and it's, and it's clean. Mm -hmm. So uh, for, for some of the events, like I, I wouldn't say like, it's, it's not something that you're just using just a group chat though, right? It's more based on events. Um, like if you want to go out and do something and you can see who's near you and you guys can all kind of meet up. Right. Yeah, it's way more spontaneous, and it's just—I think it's just like a natural way that you get together with friends. Because you know, if I have different circles of friends, right now I'm texting them all separately, or I use group other group messaging apps, and it's all over the place. But if it was something more disposable, like you know, they delete in 24 hours, it really doesn't matter if you get a whole group of intersecting circles of friends together in one chat because. The next day, it really doesn't matter, you know? Yeah, I hear you. And you get all those annoying text messages of like 500 different people that you don't know. And like, da da ding da da ding Then you just break your phone immediately. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you, you guys are in the kind of the beginning stages of this and you've built it up. Um, and I know you were in Europe at a convention of some sorts out there. What, what do you think... You know, for being on the end that's actually creating this app, because I do get quite a few people who are into this kind of stuff on, that listen to the show. What do you think some of the biggest challenges that you guys have run into are and how have you gone about trying to make them uh, work out um, or, or brainstorming ways to make it happen if, if you thought maybe there was a roadblock? Yeah, I think apps are pretty tough because there's so many out there. It's such a crowded space that it's almost like, like one day you're feeling on top of the world. Um, this really goes across the board with anything, but apps especially because it's so so crowded. And like one day another company comes out and you're reading the news and like, oh, another messaging app, another this, another that. And it's just like, man, like you just got to stay focused and I guess remember why you first created it. 
because there's still nothing out there right now, you know, that's being used. So I think if you just keep like working towards that goal and you do have to be flexible and change here and there to fit the market, but uh, just got to keep going. Yeah. Keep going for sure. Do you think it's harder to, to get started or to keep going? Ooh. Well, in our case, getting started was easier than we thought, but usually I, I've heard that's definitely the harder part, finding yeah. the right developer and the right team. Um, so we got that, and now it's more along the lines of keep going because the messaging space is pretty crowded, but you know you just got to get those customers and make them happy and then like slowly grow from there. So. That's what we'll do. Yeah, and and I think that most people that I run into really, it's a question that makes them stumble for a second because they're like, "Well, shit!" <laughs> like keeping going is definitely just as hard as getting started in in most cases. Um, and what, since you guys are kind of still in the beginning, obviously there's a lot of teamwork and, and bugs that you have to work out uh, to get to get things rolling the way that you want them to go, but. I, I I imagine that you have a plan for the future, and uh, you know you kind of talked about your background and how you got to where you are. But what do you guys what what do you think you and Bleeper what what, what is your ultimate long term goal? Is it to build this project up and, and just grow the company, or do you have bigger plans after that? As far as maybe like you know creating a company that literally makes more than just one app, uh, where, where do you guys see yourself in the future? Yeah, um, we definitely want to grow Bleeper into something bigger where it's more of a brand and a lifestyle because what we're promoting is just getting together in real life and doing cool things. So like we love the way GoPro promotes, of course, like they have the best marketing in the world, but it's really like the simple formula and you just got to like keep at it and put out some cool stuff and get your community involved. So I would like to build a really awesome community. And uh, past this, we do want to launch other apps. We have the messaging platform, so we could really expand on that. And it's pretty funny because recently we also uh, realized how 2D games are much easier to build than we thought. So we have a lot of friends who have always been talking about funny ideas they have for different games. And we actually started helping them build it like on our free time. So it's kind of naturally turning into this development company. Um, we'll see where it goes. I really don't know, but we're just, we're just taking it as it goes. <laughs> That's awesome. What kind of, uh, what kind of game do you have up your sleeve right now? <laughs> so, uh, the first game that's coming out soon is called poop shoot. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you're a bird in New York city and you're flying and dodging planes and cars. And at the same time, you have to poop on different characters. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's going to be, uh, I hope that that just goes viral. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's got the name and everything and it's, you know, it's borderline. Like, I, I think that's hilarious. Yeah. It'll be out like at the end of the month. So it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So do, when when you figured out the whole thing with the games, like I know that uh, a lot of people started reskinning uh, Flappy Bird or whatever. And mm -hmm. we, we thought it would be funny to try to make one called floppy cock where it was literally just a flopping dick that was flying through the air doing similar things. But did Apple, did Apple turn it down? 
No, we just, I, I didn't, we didn't do it because we knew that Apple would, but you know, you could put it on one of the underground markets, but um, I don't know, maybe if you made it a, like a rooster or something and called it floppy cock, it would work. But by the, at that time, you know, there's a million different versions out there and it's just kind of flooded, but poop shoots hilarious. And I think that that's something that will be really fun. I think creating games in general, there's a, the local accelerator here, awesome Inc has a company working there making PlayStation four games. And, oh. um, it's really cool watching them. Like they're just all very social games that you play with friends and kind of like drinking games almost. And so it's always exciting. People are always going to want to play games, man. For sure. And it's just fun to do. Um, have you ever heard of the program game salad? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we found. And, uh, it's way easier to use than we would have ever imagined. And a lot of awesome games have been created on that. So uh, it's really just like learning any program like Photoshop or even like Excel. It's just, you know, once you figure it out, you can start building stuff. Pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know. I've never, I've never tried to, but I'll have to check it out for sure. I'll put that, in, I'll put a link to Game Salad in the show links as well. Uh, artsynow.com. Uh, you can check that out Sl- forward slash Dylan Sergiovanni. And that's S I R G I O V A N N I for all you people out there that needed to know that want to fist pump. Check this out. Uh, mo- moving on, man. Like, so you yourself, and this is something that I always ask because, well, I don't always ask this, but I'm always curious is, Personally, what are some things that you do throughout your day that kind of keep you on the ball? Um, you know, habits that you maybe have in place. I know some people get up really early and read and write, uh, kind of like me. Some people take breaks during the day or set, you know, schedule block and set times away to actually work. What's a day in the life of you like um, that kind of contributes to your to your productivity levels? Mm-hmm. Uh, well. I'm always writing to-do lists, usually like the night before the next day. And I just want to like, you know, wake up knowing a general idea of what I need to knock out. And I think like I always feel good, even if you do like one small thing every day, it's um, just feels good. Yeah. I do try to make a lot of time aside for just like I live right by the beach. So like going to the beach with the dog, (laughs) really just taking Sometimes meditating. Uh, uh, yeah, but uh, what kind of dog? Do you I have? like the oh, a golden doodle. Nice, nice. My brother's dog, but uh, uh, it's really like a teddy bear. It's the funniest dog ever. Yeah. Well, meditating, you know, you hit on that too. That's something that I have to do every day, and I feel like if I don't, then your mind just gets so far out of whack. Like, and it's crazy how, like, you can be so stressed out one minute. And then if you just take some time and sit down and meditate, like, literally for five minutes, things can clear your head. Like, it's like almost an immediate magical effect. And it's nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't even get to do it every day. Like, I need to be more productive and I would like to meditate more. But even, like, I'm good at, I guess, checking myself. Like, if I realize I'm stressed out or just, like, over my head or just, being so unproductive usually i'll just like take five or ten minutes like you said and just like chill out and then you feel a lot better yeah i hear you 
And it's something that, that has been a huge part of my life. I mean, from coming from somebody who used to just like laugh at people who are meditating, um, I'm 100% the first to admit that I was completely wrong and it's something that can change your life for sure. Uh, what, what are your, you know, being a younger guy, I like to always ask what kind of music and, and, you know, art that you're into. Do you have any favorite bands or any favorite creative influencers that you grew up with? Yeah. Um, I think my favorite band of all time is sublime. Nice. Like they, I just love like all their influencers themselves and, then they just like created their own sound on top of it. It's pretty sick. They sure did. And then like, like Wu Tang Clan is sick. Not even like, <laughs> <laughs> not even their music, which is good. But like, just like who they are and like what they did is crazy. Like they, like the sum of their parts is like hundred times bigger than each of them individually. You know. <laughs> Absolutely, man. You got to represent the Wu. I've got, I've got a tank top. Oh, really, nice. I'm not like into wearing like Daisy Dukes and tank tops every day. But if you're wearing a Wu Tang tank top, you're pretty damn awesome, in my opinion. <laughs> Can't be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, uh, other than that, I mean, I think you mentioned like snowboarding is a big part of what I do, and I just like the industry and the culture that they do. Because it's like more than just like snowboarding, you know, there's like music and art and film that goes with it and just a cool community. So that's definitely a big influencer. But when you, when you all went to get started, you, you got this idea for Bleeper and he was going to this, stu- this school and working on it, your co-founder. What was his name? Mike. Mike, yeah. Uh, what, what are the steps you all – can you kind of give me a timeline of how this has progressed um, from the first idea that you had to now, I mean, I'm sure the first idea was your first mock-up and your drawing maybe was completely different from what it actually has panned out to be. But what are what are the steps that you all took, and what are some of the things that you've learned along the way? Yes, yeah, so we pretty much started like at in January of last year, and we came up with the idea. We just started doodling, and then went to Photoshop designs. And then with that, that was around the time that he started going to the class. And then by like, I would say March or April of you know last year, we started developing it. And then it took until about like November is when we launched it. And now we're here. Wow, so there's a pretty fast timeline. Yeah, we just ran with it. Is it all? Is Bleeper all native? Um, yeah. Do you mean like in-house? Yeah. I mean, just like, is it, are you, is it just for, you know, are you creating it like objective C for Apple and then maybe doing a version for Android or are you creating it on like a, a different type of program? Right. Yeah. Right now it's just on Apple. It's all iOS uh, objective C. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've just talked to like Josh Earl who I had on and he's a designer, um, a developer and designer. And like, I've talked to other people and I just always, find it interesting to see what kind of platforms people use because some will argue, you know, kind of using the hybrid programs are much easier and quick to the point. But then a lot of people are like, no, 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 you don't want to have that headache when you're trying to cross platform things. Yeah. That's what our developers told us too. 
Like it's just better to build it on one platform and then maybe have a, cause I guess it's pretty easy once you have a, a full functioning iOS version to be able to go to Android, you know, and say, Hey, or find somebody who could make it work, like recode it the way you need it. Yeah. Cause yeah, once you get it down and you know what you want, because it always changes. So once you know what you want and knowing how you're, users are actually using the app helps a lot you know because you don't want to build something on two different things and worry about two things which end up changing pretty quickly so when you're inside the app looking at how the users actually interact uh, what are some of the biggest things with bleeper that have kind of helped shift the way that you have to read i mean when you see i don't know what would have happened so far yet because i don't have any apps that are out that i've been able to look at from the inside out but when you're looking at like the demographics and stuff, what kind of goes on in there? Um, it seems like there's a lot of quick, well, it's definitely younger people using it like teens. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot of like short lived chats. So I don't know if people are just like hitting each other up and then moving to text, but I think it's at least like working as a way of, you know, people finding out who is around in like the least creepy way possible. <laughs> <laughs> Not feel like a stalker. <laughs> yeah, no one wants to be stalked. So we didn't put any maps in there. And we just vaguely tell you who's around. Yeah, that's always something that I've, I was wondering about because, you know, when we talked in the pre-chat about kind of the, the, the idea I had with the maps and dropping pictures on the maps and other people finding them, uh, you have to be careful because people, really with maps involved it, it can you know you get those apps into the wrong people's hands and you can cause some crime <laughs> like there's some creeps out there for sure you know yeah gotta watch out <laughs> i mean it's uh you just never know chester chester could be out there getting getting ready to look through your window and do something that you don't even want to know he's doing so chester is definitely a creeper he's <laughs> totally a creeper man <laughs> Well, if you guys could start over with the app process, you know, what, what do you think? Like, did you ever hit any brick walls? What's something with, with bleeper that uh, you would have done from the beginning, knowing now that you've gone, you know, through the process for a few months? Um, I think I would have, since I'm not like the developer, I would have stayed on my web development company. Like I jumped full time a little bit earlier than I needed to. Um, I think that would be it because a lot of it was just the development and all I had to do was really check in and keep, you know, make sure the programmers knew what they were doing or what they were building. So I think jumping in full time was definitely like a little premature. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's just something, a decision that people have to make. Like I'm, Say so when I want to work on apps, which I do, I have these couple projects going on and I would love to be able to get one out as well. But I also do the website stuff on the side and, and you have to sit down and look at, well, what, what brings the money in, right? What can support you while you do these other things and build them up? And, you know, I have a day job, but I have to look at it with a positive perspective and say, well, it's a, it's sort of like a money hustle. You know, it, it allows me the opportunity to pay for where I live while I do this stuff on the side. And I haven't jumped full time yet, but I've talked to plenty of people 
who did make that jump full time and they ended up perfectly fine. You know, it actually was what drove them to get things done because they said if they didn't, they probably would have never just, you know, felt the pressure enough to actually have to get it done. So it can go both ways. Um, but I think it's a good point that, you know, to mention that, that you, you wish you would have stayed doing that longer, which I mean, I, I feel like even if you did, man, there, there's probably, there's probably benefits to both ways. You know what I mean? I'm sure that there's been, plenty of positive things that have happened because of that you took that full-time leap. Yeah. And I like where I am and I think each person's situation is different. So I don't know for me, it works because I live such an inexpensive lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I really, it worked, worked out, I guess. So do you simplify? Are you a minimalist? Yeah, I try to be nice. Yeah. We've been getting in Lindsay and I have been doing like, I mean, really been diving into that a lot lately. And I think that that is a huge point because the more you minimalize, like the, the, the more your life is simple and you live simply, the less expenses that you have and the less time you're wasting on junk and you know distractions and the more you can focus on things that actually matter, the more clarity you have in your life. And it's, it's such a magical thing when you start getting involved in something like that. I mean, this simple, yeah. this, simpler word <laughs> like if if you keep it simple then then life just <laughs> is so much easier you know feel a lot more free um I, know. I think the time that i realized when like it all happened was right after hurricane sandy actually because my neighborhood is like a peninsula in new york city that's on the atlantic ocean and there's three blocks between the bay and the ocean so our neighborhood got like torn up by sandy like houses were knocked down my house was flooded up to the first floor so the entire basement was gone and it was kind of like it was like a shock <laughs> but it was also like cleaning up the basement just throwing everything out was kind of like awesome and liberating you know what like i don't know if you followed the minimalists like themselves but the fact that that guy went and he literally like packed his entire house up and then over the next couple of weeks, he just unpacked the things that he absolutely needed. And that's how he got rid of everything. He literally just said, okay, well, I'm going to see what I actually do need because when you see all this stuff around you, you think, oh, I'm going to need that. I'm going to need that. But it's such bullshit. Like we just literally yeah. sold everything upstairs in our living room, like TV, couches, coffee tables, everything is gone out there. And you know what? I don't have to worry about cleaning those couches with dog hair. I don't have to worry about the the TV, which I really stopped watching anyways because I was putting my focus other places. Um, and and it allows you to to really come back down to earth, man. And it's like it's really hard to explain what that feels like. But you're right; it's like you feel way more free. Uh, and I love it. I love the feeling. Yeah. So you don't have couches. Where do you sit? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have one in the basement still. Um, but like I literally, it's funny because I built a bar downstairs. And like, because I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, get off work and drink every night. And this is going to be awesome. You know, I'm going to get blackout, face down, pants down every night. And then like, I made such a huge lifestyle change to where now I basically like I you know, I put beer on it and have good beer every once in a while, but I, I use it as more of like a standing desk. You know, I've got a monitor on top of it now and I like rotate down there and I'll stand up and I can play through my record player through the speakers. And like, I, I'm not, 
I didn't totally get rid of everything, but we had a four bedroom house, you know, and stuff in all every bedroom. And like, literally we got rid of an entire guest bedroom set. We got rid of the whole living room upstairs, which we don't use. And we're going to put a kitchen table in there instead and just get some artwork and got rid of all the electronics. And like, I basically have gotten it down to the things I need for like web design and working. And then my vinyl collection and like our bed, <laughs> like, and it's awesome. Uh, the dogs don't know what to do. They're like, what the hell? Where do I sit? Laura. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like it, it does, it makes you feel really free. And I, and it's, it's funny to hear you say that. Cause you know, the more simple that you live, the better it can be. And I know my mom, she's like, thinks I'm a nut bag. She thinks I'm absolutely crazy because of it. But to each their own, I'm not saying everybody out there has to go get rid of their things, but for me, it's something that has worked. And obviously uh, for you being, you know, fairly simple. It has worked as well. So, yeah, I guess you got to be a little crazy. It's a good thing. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, man. If you want to pogo stick stick across the United States with your pants down, go for it. Right. Pogo sticking's always a. Uh, it's always been a, you know, a secret hobby of mine. Just pull really? out the pogos. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> That would be a little bit creepy at my age, but you never know. <laughs> Chester, know make... maybe Chester. <laughs> Chester would, yeah. yeah Chester. The adult, <laughs> but cool, man. Well, if you if you had to, um, if you could spend a little bit of time creating something with anybody from the past or present, who who do you think that you would choose, and what would you create? Uh, how much time would I have with them? <laughs> well, generally I would say an hour, but since people always complain, they're like, oh, I only have an hour. Like really, I just, it, as much time as you want. <laughs> okay. If it was an hour though, it would, uh, that'd be tough to finish something from beginning to start. So would like a meal count? Like if I cooked a spaghetti dinner with Einstein or something? Yeah, yeah, that'd be so awesome, right? Yeah, I mean, that would, like, what would you, what'd be the first question you ask that guy? Yeah, I don't know. How do you like your noodles? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, sauce or white sauce? I would just give him a high five. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, um, maybe. yeah, Einstein, maybe maybe Jennifer Lawrence. Who knows? <laughs> oh, she's from down here where we're at. Louisville, Kentucky. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I love her. Pretty cool from what I've seen. Yeah. I had a, a couple of friends of mine get married, and they actually invited her to their wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Just like through Twitter or something? No, they sent her a literal like invite in the mail. Cool. And, uh, I mean, she didn't come, but her some people in the wedding party actually went and got like a full size poster board, you know, stand up and put it by the bar. <laughs> so it was pretty funny. They were like, Oh hell that's hilarious. But well, if you had to battle Godzilla, how do you think you would use your creativity or talents to defeat that big crazy bastard Dylan? I think I would call up Matthew Broderick because he's already dealt with him once in a movie. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just be like, yo, Matt, let's, uh, let's uh, brainstorm and figure this out. 
maybe like throw it on Twitter, get the whole world involved. Pretty powerful, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's genius. You know, out of all the episodes I've had, you're the first one to say that. And I've thought about that in the past. Like, how did they do in the movie, right? Yeah. They got a lot of fish, so I think I'd do that. And uh, instead of, like, killing him, I think I would, like, lure him to, like, New Jersey or something and just, like, trap him there, like, make New Jersey a giant zoo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, make a little sacrifice. No one will miss it too much. (laughs) That could be your next game salad game, man. (laughs) There you go. Awesome. Endless material. I've really appreciated you coming on and it's been a blast. I love, I love the app and I wish you all the luck in the future with it. And, and I hope that it continues to go well for you, man. And do you have a way that our listeners can find you and get in contact with you or your app? Yeah, for sure. So on Twitter, my handle is Dylan Surge, D Y L A N S I R G. And my email is the same Dylan Surge at Gmail. Awesome. And then Bleeper, is it just BleeperTheApp.com, is that correct, I think? It's BleeperApp.com. BleeperApp.com. And we'll put all those in the show notes, too. Yeah, the iTunes Apple Store, so it's downloadable there if you want. <laughs> Get out there and download it. Find your friends. Yeah. Give high fives. Don't be a creep. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any, do you have any favorite advice or um tools or maybe even favorite apps that you like to use that you think our listeners could find value in? Um, apps. I like, I like wonder list. Ah, that's what I use. I use it like crack, man. Yeah. It's pretty solid. (laughs) I can't believe it's free. I know. Right. And then a couple of web, web apps like Trello or Podio. I don't know if you heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. I use Trello too. Well, I, I use Trello a lot more and then I started using Wonderlist and I've kind of abandoned Trello a little bit. Yeah. Because Wonderlist is also good with teams and collaborations. Yeah. And it's just got that, you know, it, it has the note ability on the back of the task and I just like being able to click it and it disappears and like you can still see it cause it's crossed off like an actual paper list. I love it. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, cool. And it works flawlessly. I mean, no matter where you are. So what was the other one you said besides Trello? Podio. Podio. What's that one? It's another team collaboration platform, but it's really like detailed. You could create like an expense section. Like, I don't know. You create all these sections. You can assign people to each of them. And it's similar to Trello, but a lot more complex. Yeah. I know Asana is pretty complex too, and there's some cool ones out there. I think it's close to Asana like that. For sure. Awesome. I was using one the other day. It was called, um, for brainstorming, which I really thought was cool. It's called like Coggle. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't remember the website for it, though. I know I, can, I always type the wrong one and then. Okay, it's coggle.it, C O G G L E.it. And it's just like, stem tree root brain maps, but it's really quick and efficient. If you just want to brainstorm an idea real quick. That's cool. And it allows you to print it and it's free. So everybody check that out too. Yeah. It's crazy how many cool apps there are out there. And like, even if it it is like an awesome app, sometimes it's just tough, like to let it stick, you know? I know, man, I feel so bad. Like I, one of the, my favorite apps that I used to use was called square one. And it was a mail client for Gmail. And I mean, I thought it was brilliant. I must have told 200 people about it like in person. And then 
I got a, a message from the developer saying that they were abandoning it and starting something new. And I was like, man, you've got to be kidding me. Like it must be, it's just that hard in the at world. Like, yeah, you know, it's so, it, it was kind of, you know, I don't want to say like exactly like the dot com bust, but the bubble, but I feel like it just blew up so much in the past couple of years of people just flooding it. And I think, I think Apple should have been a little bit harder with what they let in. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. they're starting to change the way they look at it and, and they're making it harder. They're, they're making people meet more restrictions, but um, maybe they need to start going through and weeding some of them out because, you know, I, I know they're pretty much self weeded because a lot of the shitty ones don't get reviews and they don't rank or anything. So you're not going to see them, but there's so many in there. It just makes it hard for some of these brilliant apps to get to the top. Yeah. So, yeah, it is. I just like to see more of more of the ones that deserve to be there um, actually making their way up without having to go out and find somebody to give you, you know, $500,000 to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, valuations are insane. Yeah, I know. But all right, Dylan, man, I really appreciate it. And everybody out there, do something crazy. Uh, take some, take some breaks like Dylan, you know, go out to the beach or go snowboarding and refresh your mind. Cause it really does make a difference. Don't, don't consume yourself with just one thing all the time. Cause you'll lose your mind. Your head will explode. So break the rules, but first break the rulers and Dylan, man, thanks so much for being the archipreneur now. And always remember to keep it funky, man. Yeah, man. Thank you. Absolutely. And if you're ever in New York City, you should come down this summer. It's a good time. Yeah. You can get beer. Lots of beer. Beer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of The Arch Up Her Newer Now. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at create at artsynow.com or on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. The music? Well, that's shaky feeling. Check them out. Ventura, California. Ta-ta! Keep it funky.